0: of podcasts.com proudly presents the wrestling is real podcast brought to you by amazon isreal.com make all your amazon purchases while helping the wrestling is real podcast by going to amazon isreal.com. and by SeatGeek. millions of tickets in one place including the best and cheapest wwe tickets in town kingofpodcasts.com slash SeatGeek A lot of shucking and jiving going on this week in the world of professional wrestling as we embark on another installment of the Wrestling Israel Real Podcast and thanks for being here. So, let's just start with what's going on over the last couple days since we talked to you last during our SummerSlam recap, which I did on Sunday night and you can actually find it at kingofpodcasts.com And I know I've been kind of rushing through shows as of late, and I don't want to hamper too much and feel like I'm kind of rushing through and just don't want to make anybody feel like I'm milling this in. I'm not. I'm putting in all the effort, but, you know, I've always had a few things that are always going on in the background, phone calls, this and that, and I've kind of done points where I've kind of recorded portions at a time because I want to make sure I get everything in and make sure I have the time to do all that, so I want to make sure that's all taken care of. But anyway... A lot of stuff going on, a lot of rumors, injuries, changes, call-ups, switching of companies, all this going on. We're going to talk about all this right now because there's just so much to go ahead and catch up on so we can start putting perspective on everything. But what it comes down to is is the underlying fact that when I see all the acquisitions, the transactions, the changes that are going on, It's like a baseball season, okay? I'm seeing so many changes right now, and I don't know if it's for the better or not. But when I look at what WWE is doing right now with acquiring every bit of possible talent that would be of interest to the indie wrestling fan, they have purged and they have pillaged all of the talent from many different wrestling organizations, the ones that stand out the most. And then what are some of these companies left with? I mean, they are doing the things that they had to do back in 1997, 1998, 1999. When WCW, ECW, and other organizations were out there and they would continuously, continuously, find talent, find a way to give them money to get them to come here. But things are different now because they have the NXT and they have NXT and they have the Performance Center. So you you don't have the need to push people up to the main roster. When they set this up in 2013, this was a smart thing for them. And they've been using it. But we're seeing that the Performance Center... Some of the things that are, when you look at things down the line, they are hurting because some of the prospects are not panning out or they're getting injured or they're getting overshadowed by some of this free free agent veteran talent that they're bringing into the fray because they're doing it. This cycle, this machine, sometimes it, just does a little too much to cannibalize the rest of the wrestling industry only to hurt the rest of the industry and themselves because they don't do a good job of managing all this talent nor do they have a a good job of curating polishing and procuring this talent to make them as important as popular and as valuable and as as good a return on investment as they possibly can, they're not. And you just see it across the board. Again, I'm going to just point out certain people that were in NXT, that were from other organizations, and all the changes that are going on with it because it's just so much. It's ridiculous. So now, let's start running through all the things that are going on because there is so much that has happened in the state of WWE over the last. 72, 96 hours. I mean, since SummerSlam, so much has gone on. So many changes have gone on. So let's go ahead and run through what we didn't get to talk about outside of the pay-per-views, outside of the four days in Brooklyn, New York, that WWE had this weekend. First off, we're hearing a rumor killer now because supposedly there was some story that Lana Rusev were asking for the release. These are two people that originally came from NXT, Completely brought up, more or less, originally in WWE in the first place. And so that was going on. Rumors have been made not true. And C.J. Perry, a.k.a. Lana, also wrote uh, tonight talking about, that's called Don't Believe the Pathetic Villagers That Pretended They Are Journalists With Real Facts. ha, 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 ha. ha. And this is in response to Brian Hopkins, who reported on Big Cass, who was called in from NXT, hasn't put on the shelf. Very unfortunate, but he suffered an injury on Raw on Monday night. We saw what happened to him. It was legitimate. ACL tear out nine months, at least. And he will undergo surgery this week. Uh, It's an ACL tear, possibly an MCL tear as well. So, any plans for a singles push, he will miss WrestleMania. That's it. Pretty bad. It wasn't like they were doing a good job with him in the first place, but unfortunately, that's what happened here, and it sucks more injury news oscar 504 day reign as nxt women's champion broke her right collarbone during her title defense against ember moon saturday at takeover brooklyn three she's not medically cleared to compete recovery time for this type of injury six to eight weeks During the match, according to Dr. Jeffrey Westerfeld, she landed awkwardly from a throw from Ember Moon, was unable to complete the match, was able to complete it, but had notable pain and discomfort. After an ultrasound backstage, they were suspicious there was a break, and then it was later confirmed by x-rays. Excuse me, 507 days she had the championship, so she's going to have to vacate. And to think the time that this girl probably spent running around the world at all these nxt shows because she's working all of them not to have a break because she's holding on to that belt and at some point when you're working out there so much i mean how much resilience can you have so that's uh, unfortunate more nxt call-ups people from the nxt fray that came up And look what happens as a result because of the Big Cass storyline. The only reason Enzo Mori was up on the main roster, well, he gets dropped to two hundred five live. And he was he made his debut, or made an announcement that he will be on two hundred five live last night, on Tuesday night. And then Enzo Mori decides to add salt to Big Cass's wounds. The match on Monday night, this Brooklyn street fight was meant to be the final nail in the coffin on the feud with Enzo Mori They mentioned that Dave Meltzer thought that they might have to bring back Big Cass as a face if the injury is going to be too long for him, which is probably what's going to have to happen to him. They need a strong heel in Big Cass, but the injury is certainly getting in the way of plans. And then Enzo Mori called Cass Soft, S-A-W-F-T, and brought up the time he was injured, but carried on regardless. This year might not be over because Enzo said this is not how he wanted to pick up a win over Colin Cassidy. But man, talk about some bullshit. Do you see enough? Do, did we see what's happened, happened to Seth Rollins? Okay. Same injury. And he was out seven months. How many running backs do we see in the NFL that get the same injury out? six to nine months so there you go so big shame to a couple people that were called up to that main roster or actually oscar was eventually going to get called up to that main roster but a lot of time a lot of effort put into that character big cast the same way enzo same way now they're all washes right now unfortunately I mean, you're going to get recovery back from Big Cass and Oscar, but it's this kind of thing where bad management. I mean, where's the concern on the health of these two? Big Cass out there with NXT and then going. Then, of course, remember, they also had to work NXT and WWE shows as they were getting ready to be moved up, working all the house shows, working all the events. So you wear and tear these guys, this big guy, Again, you know, he should have taken care of himself. He should be resilient enough, but something happened, and he wasn't. So, again, these things that are going on that are just hurting. A slew of major off-season injuries. That's not good for them right now. A lot of changes did happen on television we saw. John Cena moving back to Raw, apparently he's going to try to help boost up Roman Reigns. Bobby Roode gets called up and debuts on SmackDown Live. That's big for them. And that's got to say something about a lot of things. When you look at, we have to not call them GFW, but the former TNA talent. You know, for all the people that used to shit on Impact Wrestling and TNA for the 10 years they were around, And looking at right now the current roster and how well the company is getting bolstered by said talent. Like, look right now. Look at your SmackDown. You got your United States champion, AJ Styles. You now have Bobby Roode. You now have Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis. On the Smackdown side alone, we're not even talking about the Raw side, which now we talk about Samoa Joe, our truth Luke Gallows, or did we forget about Aces and Eights? <laughs> oh, God. Then you got the Hardy Boys. quite a bit of talent they've picked up. And then we're not even talking about NXT. You have Drew McIntyre, Eric Young. Let me not forget about the women's side. You got Mickie James. It's a lot of talent picked up from TNA. And then you look at the Ring of Honor talent that consumes this roster of which this company is reliant upon. Let's run them down. Ring of Honor. Cesaro. Samoa Joe. You can also include. Seth Rollins. Cedric Alexander. AJ Styles for a short while. Kevin Owens. Mike Bennett. Or as Mike Canals. Sammy Zayn, or El Generico. Shelton Benjamin, who has returned. Shinsuke Nakamura, who was partially around because of the New Japan deal. I mean, look at all that. So reliant upon talent that they have to have. Because what is happening with their current roster of the people that they have that they built up themselves. This big behemoth, this giant, to cover all these rosters, to cover all these different radio, these TV shows they have to cover. For Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, 205 Live, and others. And you just look at yourself and you just gotta say, man, this is ridiculous what they're going through, what they're putting themselves through because. They are, again, they always have to rape rape and pillage other rosters, and they do that. But now we're getting to a boiling point, to a breaking point where they've taken so much now, they're truly hurting other companies. Look at who they brought in on NXT TakeOver Saturday night. You brought in someone who at one point was What, two-time Ring of Honor World Champion, Adam Cole? And former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. You brought them all in. And they're not going to anchor a major storyline, a major arc in NXT. Because who are the people that are getting really good push right now in NXT? Look at it. Of the of the men, excuse me. Let's just talk about that. Among the men, so you got Adam Cole, Alistair Black. That's somebody that's within their own thing. Yeah, the tag team champions Eric Young along with uh, Alexander Wolfe, Drew McIntyre. You've had Andresia almost getting a few pay per view matches. Had there with Tommy. Tony gargano and that's who basically been pushed out right there because when you have to ask yourself okay red dragon they're back in the tag team point oh authors of pain you can add them too so there you go so we have so many matches that go along with those guys adam cole i mean that guy's gonna probably get primed at a chance he might get a chance to get close to that world title in nxt you never know he could be nxt champion I mean, they had him beat up Drew McIntyre, so something's got to be there. That storyline is built into play right now. Adam Cole comes in and could very well be going after Drew McIntyre in the next NXT pay-per-view. It could very well happen. And the whole idea is that the company's reliant upon all this outside talent. That they have to just put them in through a little bit of polishing and WWE style and you put them through the ringer for a short while and then you move them up and hope that they will satisfy the casual fans out there. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you really have to have above and beyond talent and talking ability in order to stand out. Uh, granted, AJ Styles never was somebody to cut on the mic very, very well. He's just gotten better. But he had it all along. I guess he did. He got better towards the end of TNA, and then when he left, he just got better. Kevin Owens always had a big fat mouth, so he can do good wherever he goes. Always got a good mouth to go ahead and run himself wherever he goes, and he does very well for himself. Has uh, has had a very good career for himself. Samoa Joe gotten much better on the microphone. Bobby Roode. It's gotten much better in the microphone. He was still it was pretty good back in TNA, but now I think he's when you give him a gimmick they can run off of. Oh my goodness. Think about it. It helps him out. So they're also kind of struggling with the fact that okay, then you have this veteran talent that you don't want to rely on them and make them the focal points because you're still worried about making your younger upstart homegrown talent stars then you give baron corbin a shot and he fails or you give big Cass a shot and he breaks so all these things going on with this company is just hurting them right now you're using jason jordan he's failing miserably and look at how easy it was to go ahead and take care of chad gable Another American Alpha, Shelton Benjamin, great match for tag team partner. Veteran with the young, the young upstart, fantastic. Both of their amateur wrestling backgrounds, they'll do fantastic. That'll be a fun tag team to watch. I'm looking forward to that. And then you have guys that have always done very well, and you ask yourself, well, what the fuck is going on, man? Why are we not seeing certain stars get the rub? One guy that I see always being left in the background, and I'll tell you, the promo that he caught on Monday night was fantastic, Miz. Well, when you look up and try to see what's going to happen for him and the Intercontinental Championship, well, looks like, first of all, they were going to try him with Jason Jordan. Well, that's not going to work. So instead... It looks like Samoa Joe might actually be taking on The Miz and moved into an intercontinental title feud. With, with that case, you'd think that Samoa Joe would have to turn face. And you can already do that now with this match already because he was going after Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. He was kind of tweening it for a little bit in that match at SummerSlam. So transitioning him into as a face would not be a bad thing for him or at least be the face of the feud for the time being. Not a bad spot. Oh, Also, Leo Rush has moved to WWE as well. The former Ring of Honor Prospect Tournament winner. He's 22 years old. He joined the Performance Center on Monday. And the kid's good. And also, let's not forget Donovan Dijak is also expected to be debuting in NXT. Phew. Look at all this this Ring of Honor talent. Let me tell you, we talk about WWE long enough, but let's go back to Ring of Honor. What's up on that roster right now? When I think of what Ring of Honor has right now of a roster, I can only think of a couple of names. You got Jay Lethal, who's been multi-time world champion. Or somebody, he was a world champion. You got... The Briscoes there, who have been tag-team champions a few times over. Dalton Castle? Like, how many guys do you have right now that are truly major players right now? Because I look at their current roster. You got Bully Ray, which, I mean, not necessarily has, like, the pool. Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. eh. Cody? I don't think, I mean, even though Cody's world champion, not overly, nothing much different with him coming in. It just feels like a a WWE guy coming into Ring of Honor. But I mean, that's just because he's been around and he just needs more time to really build himself. And then after that, who do you got left that's on this roster that's really standing out and saying, oh my goodness, real stud talent that people are going to be really like all over the place. Marty Skrull. And the bigger picture, he's a very good talent, but nothing really says much. Young Bucks, yeah, you could say that. But this roster is getting thin. Ring of Honor's roster, no wonder they're having to go ahead and rely on CMLL, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and others. They got some talent that's still, they're working their way up too, but still, The talent is getting thin. And it's a bit old, too. B.J. Whitman's around for a long time. Bully Ray's up there. Caprice Coleman's there, 40. Saban's getting up there. Daniels is almost 50. You don't have a lot of young talent on this roster, either, which doesn't help much. They still got young talent out there, but they're reliant. They're basically, like I said, they've just gone all over the place. There's no identity Anymore to Ring of Honor in my opinion. And they have chosen not to go ahead and really put any emphasis on building storylines or building feuds from one start from the start of a show to the end of a show. They just don't want to do it anymore. That's too bad meanwhile gfw you can go ahead and talk about what you want with those guys but what it comes down to is they are still taking retreads of wwe and using them for what they can because that's what they're going to do so you got el patrone bram who's from nxt chris adonis EC3, who was also NXT. Johnny Impact, who was Johnny Mundo, and who was Johnny Nitro, right? Lashley. And Hornswoggle, but that doesn't really matter. And let's not forget, on the women's side, you got Gil Kim. And Taryn Terrell. But, I mean, they do have talent that they've picked up across along the line. They've picked up a couple of Ring of Honor talent. But, really, it is their own roster. And they're only as big as they are right now. They have a ceiling on them with what they have right now with their uh, roster and what they, what they have on television because they can only pull so much that they can on their product. There's still a threshold as to how much they can get on ratings so far. Because they're still not pulling up anything really high as of yet. Ratings are still sitting a little under 300,000 for the last three weeks. Prior to that getting up to anniversary they were getting up to three hundred fifty to 400,000 viewers. So they're not getting that big jump like they were before. So it hurts them. It hurts them a lot. When you look across this and just the changes that are being made among these companies. And also you have to ask yourself, well, with Lucha Underground, they're not putting any new episodes out there. We don't know if they're going to put any more episodes after 100. So you have to say to yourself, well, what goes with that company? And only the most independent diehard wrestling fans are paying attention to Japan or the UK. But when you look at how WWE fits into this whole thing, And what they've been doing so far, how they affect greatly, dramatically the rest of these companies and themselves alone. And how badly and poorly they manage this talent overall just hurts and gives a big dent to the wrestling industry itself. Just had a few things I want to bring up that were kind of interesting uh, that came up in the news. Some quick hitters. Paige not going to be charged in the domestic violence incident with Alberto the Patron. That's all I'm going to say about that. How about the beach balls in the Barclays Center over the weekend? Bleacher Report has a story. So we saw the Cesaro tore one of the beach balls. During their match with Rollins and Ambrose because people just got pissed. And I didn't like that going on because, you know, crowd is just not paying attention to the match it feels. Like, people were kind of, you know, the fans were just kind of shitting on the match. Which, you know, there you go. And there were some people that did say that they got pissed off by seeing the beach balls. Road Dog called it disrespected as core. Paul Roma says, I feel for the workers in the ring while the crowd is being completely disrespectful. Paul remember he was that remember he was that one time the fourth horseman, remember? Pretty Paul Roma. <laughs> That's just it's just a, a trivial question to me these days. And then what happens? Uh, WWE bans beach balls from their events going forward. There you go. So if you didn't know what happened on 205 Live, they actually had a few things happening. You had Neville beating Akira Tazao to retain the Cruiserweight title. And then Enzo Amori debuting. A few other things I'm going to bring up here in the GSW world, GSW got some new belts for the unified belts now that got like a Silver and blue kind of thing. At least the tag team belts have that. Look kinda of interesting. Jim Cornette is now back in GFW apparently. And he clarifies his status and what his future is with the company. So he was at the Destination X special, which we have not talked about yet. Which I didn't get a chance we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about that anyway. In a match where the winner gets a DFW title shot of his choosing, Matt Seidel defeated Lashley. Wow. OVE Ohio versus everything. The team of Dave, Dave Christ and Jake Christ defeated Jason Cade and Zachary Wentz. Don't know who they are. I haven't been watching much of the of GFW as of late. It's been a little bit uh, on the back as of late. Sanjay Dutt. Retained the GFW X-Division Championship in a ladder match over Trevor Lee. The Super X-Cup Tournament Final had Desmond Xavier defeating Tajiri, Taji Ishimori. And Siena defeated Gail Kim to win the Unified GFW Knockouts Championship. There you go. Not a lot of big matches, and also you have no Alberto patron Patrona this pay-per-view kind of hurting. But then we're going to see some things going on at the pay-per-view, which uh, let's get back to Jim Cornette real quick. He was at the Destination X special, and he mentioned that Cornette has not signed a contract with DFW. His long-term status is not known, and he's confirmed that he has no deal with the company. He's not a member of the roster, and he had been contacted directly by Anthony to work for them. He has not signed anything, with the exception of clearances for his likeness to be used on television. And I am going to give you a spoiler. I am just going to do it anyway. So, the tapings of Impact Wrestling there was a gauntlet match to determine a new Global Force Wrestling champion, and who'd have thunk it was Eli Drake? He is the gauntlet. He won the gauntlet for the gold match. And it will air next week on Impact Wrestling. Actually, uh, yeah. It airs this week on Impact Wrestling after the two weeks of Destination X. So congratulations to him. Wow. Fresh Meat finally getting the world title. I'm looking forward to seeing what Eli Drake's going to be. They put him on the back burner when Anthem took over and all of a sudden getting back into the fray. It's where he should be. It's a guy that does deserve to get a chance to be out there and really do things. And finally, a story that I don't get where this came from, but Crave Magazine says how Bullet Club and Ring of Honor are taking the pro wrestling industry by storm. That might have been right two years ago, but I don't want to say that right now. Anyway, from Crave Magazine, Joshua Cowdill mentions going to the TV tapings of Ring of Honor recently in Concord, North Carolina. i seeing seen the Bullet Club, everybody getting their shirts. You have the people that are behind this now. The villain Marty Skrull who's only been there since May. And then he gets the umbrella that he started uh, putting out there after the War of the Worlds pay per view, and they've been selling a lot on Pro wrestling tees as of late. Then now you have Cody as the champion. Then again, Bullet Club is just like kind of just a put together. Like the only people that are really part of the young uh, that, that were part of the Bullet Club and the of the original incarnation were the Young Bucks. So I don't get where this whole idea is from, anyway. But that's what they talk about. And that is it. Oh, and then Hangman Page, who, you know, I mean, he's been around. We had the decade deal with him. They've been building him up. They've given him something to work with. He's good, but I don't know if this is somebody that other companies are looking at on the outside, looking in and saying, this is a guy we'd love to have in our company. I mean, he's not getting that kind of feel yet. so i don't get where this writer comes off saying that in the first place but that's what he says but i mean you know i think the guy these guys had a chance to go and write a nice little story about ring of honor they talked to joe cough extensively and they got to enjoy four hours of tv tapings good for them but ring of honor i mean i'm gonna try to give him a chance to go back and watch him on television but Wrestling, I think a lot of people are feeling right now, well, there's just not interest much in any of the brands right now. The all season with WWE, which of course is what anchors the most interest of wrestling fans around the world. It's been struggling. I mean, always struggles creatively, but it shouldn't be with the talent they have. Like they're not running with old talent that they've used over and over and over. They got a lot of young talent, a lot of new talent they brought out there. SummerSlam happened, and people are only talking about that last match, the Fatal 4-Way, and that's it. So you must ask yourself, what's going on with wrestling right now? People Are, are people going to lose significant interest in wrestling in general? Because I detect that right now. and just go back to what I talked about earlier when it comes down to all the things that WWE is doing right now to their own brand and how they're affecting other brands because to them it doesn't matter it's whatever it is to keep their bottom line but they hurt uh, I mean you know for a company that for many years used to talk about how they cared about the other companies and wanted to make sure that the other companies were being looked after because they needed to make sure that those companies would still be thriving and doing very well so that they could, so that WWE could go back and procure talent from these said companies when their own performance center is not performing its best. So think about who they're hurting. How much is hurting the industry? The Wrestling Is Real podcast is a production of kingofpodcasts.com. Presented by AmazonIsReal.com. SeatGeek, millions of tickets in one place. Go to our special link at kingofpodcasts.com slash SeatGeek to get your WWE tickets at a great price. You can also support the Wrestling Is Real podcast by going to our special links for the WWE Network by going to kingofpodcasts.com slash WWE Network or go to WWE Shop by going to kingofpodcasts.com slash WWE Shop. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Tell your friends to join us for the next Wrestling Is Real podcast because wrestling needs us.